You're listening to From the Front Row with Letitia Cotto, a podcast for those who want to take center stage in their lives. I'm your MC and number one fan, Letitia Cotto, master life coach, motivational speaker, and Maven Mama. I'm here to show you how to love yourself into the life of your dreams by teaching you how to tap into your innate brilliance and worthiness. If you're ready to let go of what no longer serves you and step into the highest version of yourself, you're in the right place. Let's get it popping. Hey there, honey bunny. It's your girl, Letitia Cotto, and I'm coming at you live from the front row, teaching you how to love yourself into the life of your dreams. We are going to have a lot of fun today. You're going to learn a lot, and then you're going to go out there and live a lot in only the way that you can. I speak it, I believe it, and I receive it. Before we jump into today's episode, let's go over some housekeeping and announcements because I love housekeeping and announcements. Number one, the Red Carpet Collective goes live to the public next week. This past April, God really put it on my heart to get a move in on something that's been bubbling in my mind for a really long time, and that is launching a membership program to help women on their self-love journey. And right now we are finishing up, my beta babes and I are finishing up beta testing, working out the kinks, making it extra juicy for you. So please, please, please get yourself on the invite list, head over to the blogcast page for today's episode and sign up to be VIP. Number two, don't forget to download the free worksheet that comes along with this episode so that you can take notes and keep track of your tremendo aha moments and write down your next steps on how you're going to apply what you learn today. Number three, keep an open heart and an open mind. You may hear things that you're familiar with, things that you've heard me say a million times before, and that's a-okay. Ask yourself, how can I experience this information in a new way? If your mind is already filled with everything that you think you know, there's no room for new insights and tremendo aha moments. Um, And I also tell you every single episode, take everything I say with a grain of salt. Really try it out. Uh, If it works for you, that's awesome. If it doesn't, that's awesome too. At the end of the day, this is your life. I'm just grateful that you rocking with me, listening to From the Front Row with Letitia Cotto. And yeah, like if there's something that I could share with you to help you along your journey, I want to do that. Number four, today's episode is being recorded at Waco Work, which means you may hear a whole lot of productivity in the background. Uh, I'm actually sitting in their beautiful photo studio. Uh, They've got these big bay windows and it's just all this natural lighting and I just feel so creative right now. And I can also see every single car that passes by. So you may be hearing that in the background too. No worries. We're going to make it do what it do regardless. Okay. And number five, the title of today's episode is a lyric from the song Intuition by Selena Gomez. All right, let's get into it. So a couple of months ago, I sent out a survey to the Honey Bunny Inner Circle the HBIC, uh, which is my gorgeous gang of go-getters. Insert shameless plug here. If you're not a member, you totally should be. Uh, I'll go on ahead and drop that link on today's episode page so that you can join, but like right now. 
Anywho, so I sent them this email asking them what they'd like to know. And over and over again, I got the same response uh, in many different wordings, like, you know, how to make better decisions. How do I trust myself? How do I decrease the amount of confusion in my life? How do I lean into my inner guidance? How do I strengthen my intuition? And it was a resounding cry from my tribe to learn how to tap into a fundamental, often underused, and deeply mistrusted part of themselves. So this is the second part of a two-part series, Answering the Call. So in the last episode, episode 31, I mean 30, 34, uh, we talked about what exactly is your inner guidance and why this internal GPS system is so grossly underdeveloped. So if you haven't checked that out yet, please do. And today we're going to jam on three of my best practices for strengthening your inner guidance. And I'm also going to give you some get to do's. Okay. So you're definitely going to want to take notes during this episode. So the first best practice, and this is going to sound so simple, but what do I always say? Simple does not mean easy. My first best practice is practice, practice, practice. I know I'm blowing your mind with all of this like common sense goodness. So in his book, Outliers, The Story of Success, Malcolm Gladwell writes about the 10,000 hour rule, which basically says that in order to achieve expertise in any skill, you got to practice that skill correctly for eh, approximately 10,000 hours. Now, when you think about it, 10,000 hours is a lot of time to spend practicing. Oh, and I also want to highlight the word correctly, because if you're practicing incorrectly, that may not get you to uh, expert level. When I first started doing Ashtanga yoga, I had no idea what I was getting myself into. You know, I didn't even, (laughs) I hadn't even researched this particular style of yoga, Um, At the time, I had just started working for Universal Music Latino, and they had an office on South Beach, on Lincoln Road to be exact. So I googled South Beach Yoga Studios, and I looked for a studio that had a really early class offering. I knew I was going to be working late into the night, so I didn't want to look for options like after work, because I never knew what time I was going to be getting out. So I find a studio... Um, on 6th and Euclid um, that had a 6 a.m. class. So I'm thinking, sweet, sign me up. And I can remember I walked into the yoga studio at around 5.45 in the morning and I signed up for an unlimited one-month package. Walk into class and the teacher, Tim Feldman, asks me, have you ever done this style of yoga before? And I'm like, nope. And then we got started. Uh, So that day he took me through sun salutation A and sun salutation B. Y'all, when I tell you I was a hot mess, I was a hot mess. Like literally I was hot. I was sweaty. (laughs) I was terrible at it. I was so embarrassed. Uh, I went home and cried like, oh my God, I suck at this. And I think in those moments, it's like you're at a fork in the road and you get to decide which way you're going to go. And for me, I was like, I suck at this. And I'm going to keep going. Like, I'm not going to give up. Plus, I knew uh, that I'd be doing this style of yoga a lot since they recommended that you practice a minimum of three times a week. 
And six times a week is the Ashtanga standard. Like Ashtanga yogis practice this style of yoga six times a week. And you get Saturdays off. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to let my chaturanga be shitty. Now, chaturanga is the chaturanga, uh, is the push-up pose that you do in any like vinyasa flow class. And I was terrible at it. Um, I didn't feel like I had the arm strength to pull it off. And yeah, and, and that's one of the things about Ashtanga yoga. You're literally going to do a gazillion chaturangas before everything is said and done. So with each one, I said, hey, this one sucked, but I got through it. And I will literally be doing this a gazillion times in this practice. So eventually I'm going to get better at this. And I would say that the first four months of my practice didn't count towards the 10,000 hour rule. Like I was just, like I said, I was a hot mess. Like I literally started from nothing and worked my way up. And then a funny thing started happening eh, around month four. My body and my mind said, ah, okay, I kind of get it. You know, I got better, stronger, more flexible, less freaked out about the whole thing. Ashtanga yoga is super intense. Like you're in a room with all these yogi badasses and they're doing some like gnarly poses. And if you really want to be successful, you can't look around at what other people are doing because you're just going to get in your head. Um, you can't like look and see where they are in their practice and like compare yourself because it, it's just not going to be, um, it's going to make you want to give up. And, you know, one thing that I always had to keep in mind when I did find myself doing that, because I am human, uh, I would have to tell myself like, Hey, you don't know what it took for them to be where they are. Uh, at that point in their practice, and you don't know where they are in terms of this 10,000-hour rule. And so when you're practicing Ashtanga yoga, you really have to keep bringing your focus back to what's happening on your mat over and over and over again. You know, and the same goes for you. You know, if you've spent years or even decades not honoring or strengthening your inner guidance, when you do finally tune in, you may get a very faint signal or none at all. Like you're feeling like you're on your yoga mat trying to do chaturanga and you suck at it and you want to go home and cry and just give up. But you have to remember that your inner guidance is a muscle. And if you haven't been using it, it's experienced some serious atrophy. You can't beat yourself up about the past. I mean, it's gone and you're not going to get that time back. In fact, that's really the opposite of how you need to be treating yourself. Think about the approach you'd take with a little stray kitten or a little stray puppy. Like, you wouldn't yell at it and throw a stick at it if you wanted it to come to you, right? Nah, that's a surefire way of getting the kitten or the puppy to head in the opposite direction. Nah, you gotta, like, you know, finesse it. You gotta speak sweetly to it. Like, here, kitty, kitty, I I brought you some milk. Like, you know, please, let me hold you and, and love you and take care of you. You know, you coax it, you pet it, you love it, you know, and that's how you really got to treat yourself during this process of strengthening your inner guidance. And the first piece of practice is really giving yourself permission to practice. And I know that this is all like really simple common sense stuff. And if it were really that easy, you'd already be doing it. 
But again, simple doesn't mean easy. So in the last episode, we talked about how one of the reasons why your inner guidance is underdeveloped is because you're terrified of making a mistake. So you do nothing because in doing nothing, you achieve your goal of never making a mistake. And I want you to remember that taking no action is an action in and of itself, and it's no longer an option for you. From this point on, it is no longer an option. In fact, your new mantra is, I am unavailable for that ish. I am unavailable for the fear of making a mistake. Now, as you begin practicing listening and honoring and cultivating your inner guidance, start by making small decisions. Because see, when you start thinking about the big stuff, like the big life purpose, what am I doing? Where am I going next? That's overwhelming and you're not going to be able to tap into your inner guidance. So I want to encourage you to start small, start by making small decisions. And this is especially helpful for you if you're that woman that has a hard time deciding on what she wants to eat for dinner. You know, like that notebook meme that's floating around on the internet where Noah's asking Allie what she wants and she keeps shaking her head saying, it's not that simple. It's not that simple. Yeah, this is for you, boo. No more of that. Get in the habit of asking for your inner guidance's opinion and everything. And I do mean everything. You know, hey, IG, what do you think I should wear today? And go with the first thing that pops into your mind without questioning it. So if you ask that question and the idea of wearing your bright red blazer that you love, but you hardly wear because it's so llamativo, um, llamativo meaning that it it makes you stand out and you don't want to stand out, girl, get that blazer on. Or, hey, IG, what sounds good for lunch? Ceviche, bam. You know, hey, IG, should I go to the gym after work? Nope, check out Pure Bar, done. Uh, The point of this exercise is to honor what comes up for you, especially like those split-second fleeting thoughts. You know, so often we get an answer from our inner guidance, and then we spend all this time trying to dissuade ourselves or convince ourselves what we, quote-unquote, should do. And if living this way terrifies you, like you need a little bit more certainty, you need more due diligence, um, try this out for a week. And if a week feels like it's too much, try three days. Um, It's all about trusting your gut. And you're never going to be able to do that unless you start giving yourself a chance to do that. Like you you do it by doing it. Another thing I want to recommend is start keeping track of the ideas that pop into your head, you know, especially your fantasies, your daydreams. Uh, those actually contain really big clues uh, that your inner guidance is leaving you. When I was a senior in college, I took a marketing class, and the only thing that I remember out about that class was a book recommendation that the professor gave, and she said, you should really read this book. It's called The Big Sister's Guide to the World of Work, The Inside Rules Every Working Girl Must Know. Again, The Big Sister's Guide to the World of Work. It's by Marcel DeFalco and Jocelyn Grinke Hertz. So in this book, they recommend keeping a running list of your ideas, your fantasies, your daydreams, etc. And I think they called it a dest quest. And I think that's probably short for destination quest, but I honestly don't remember, so don't quote me. But that's what I want you to do. I want you to start your own desk quest. So if the idea 
of going to culinary school for some reason keeps popping up in your mind, write that down every single time it occurs to you. Because there's a reason that it keeps coming up. And I also want you to keep in mind that it may not literally be that you need to go to culinary school. Your inner guidance may be telling you to learn new recipes and try out different cuisines. So sometimes it doesn't speak in a straightforward, direct way, but but rather in a very sort of metaphorical uh, type situation. And that's really up for you to kind of get to know your inner guidance. You know, so try that out. Keep track of the stuff that pops into your head. You know, and then after a week, take a look at that list and see if there are any themes, patterns, people, places, you know, situations that keep reappearing on the list. You know, that's a clue from your inner guidance. Also, it's time to start using your imagination. When you were a kid, believe it or not, you were an imagination guru. You probably don't remember because as adults, we tend to bury a lot of childhood stuff. You know, at that point in time, you could transform clouds into dragons and pillows and blankets into a castle. And over time, these imagination muscles weakened because you kept hearing the message, grow up, it's time to be realistic. And you heard it so much that you started to tell it to yourself. Now, let me tell you how important imagination is. Albert Einstein said, imagination is more important than knowledge, for knowledge is limited, whereas imagination embraces the entire world, stimulating progress, giving birth to evolution. That's how important your imagination is, and it is one of the things that your inner guidance is a genius at. Now, recently I emailed the HBIC and I explained to them that as a life coach, I no longer give out homework. Like when you think about homework, you think about, you know, having to stay up all night and hammer out this paper to turn into the professor at 9 a.m. Like that's just not a good feeling. So now what I do is I give out get to do's and a get to do, like the name suggests, is something that you actually look forward to doing. Like, I get to sleep late on Saturday. I get to have dinner with my bestie. I get to binge watch Pretty Little Liars today. Who is A? I'm currently on season five and it is driving me crazy. I never knew that you could have like seven seasons of trying to figure out who a person is, but apparently you totally can. Anywho, so in this email, I wrote the following to them. I said, are you ready for your Friday get-to-do HB? Take out a sheet of paper or open a Google Doc or a note on your phone. Set a timer for five minutes. Write out in as much detail as possible your ideal day. Include colors, smells, sights, sounds, activities, even sleeping late is an activity, foods, locations, etc., What are you wearing? What's your hair and makeup sitch? Who are you with? Some things to keep in mind. Remember, specificity is your new best friend. The more details, the better. Even the smallest of detail is welcome here. This get-to-do is not about being realistic or practical. If you and Bay are having Taco Tuesday with Jay-Z and Beyonce, then the question is, what toppings are you adding to your tacos? Not, how would I ever make that happen? Invite your inner child to the party. Doodle it out, rhyme it out, the sky is the limit. The more you can tap into your creativity, the better. 
Do this every Friday for the next six weeks. And each time you do this, take a moment to read what you've written over time. And again, notice any recurring themes, patterns, people, items, etc. How can you start giving those things to yourself now? So here are some examples. And I wrote this in the email. Always doing something with your best friend. You haven't seen her in forever. Girl, guess what you got to do? Call up your bestie and set up a play date. Always at the beach, but you're landlocked. Perhaps next Saturday, you find the nearest outdoor pool and you get your swim on. Always trying out a new restaurant, but you're short on funds. Get on Pinterest and find a new recipe that looks yummy. With this get to do, you'll find a gazillion clues about what it is that your soul needs right now. And for you, podcast listener, I've also created a worksheet with this get to do that you can totally download. So head over to the blogcast page for today's episode and get to doing. So yeah, the point of this get to do is to strengthen your inner guidance muscles and imagination is a huge part of that. Imagination creates worlds that don't exist and that's the energy that we want to start tapping you into right now. Number two, your body knows before you do. Your body knows before you do. I love buckets. Okay, so not the buckets that you use to mop. You know, the ones that you use to plan. I've got my lyric bucket, my fitness bucket, my bills bucket, my business bucket, my reading bucket, my healthy habits bucket. Girl, I be loving them buckets. Uh, My sense is that you probably love them too. For me, I don't actually have like one giant to-do list. I have like 511 buckets that are filled to the top. And these buckets give me comfort that I'm on top of things and that I've contemplated every single thing that can come up regarding XYZ. So for a long time, I thought of myself um, in different buckets. So here's my body bucket, here's my mind bucket, and here's my soul bucket. So I go to the gym for my body, school for my mind, and church for my soul. You know, three little separate buckets. You know, the doctor, if I'm not feeling well, the doctor for my body, the therapist for my mind, and the pastor for my soul. But here's the reality My body, mind, and soul are not in these nice little neatly labeled buckets. Nah, they're all literally here in this vessel that is me, all together. There's no buckets. So it's no wonder that when I'm stressed, I feel it in my neck, shoulders, and upper body. You know, my mind is constantly communicating with my body. And it's no wonder that I can't sleep when I'm worried because, again, my mind is constantly communicating with my body. Or, you know, the reason why I feel so much relief, like physical relief, like a weight has been lifted after a good cry. Uh, Deepak Chopra says, every cell in your body is eavesdropping on your thoughts. There is no separation. You know, God has created this gorgeously designed machine, for lack of a better word, Uh, this machine that is the human being, and we are some sophisticated creatures. Everything, and I mean everything, is connected. Now, y'all know I love that book, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And in it, Louise writes, I believe that we create every so-called illness in our body. The body, like everything else in life, is a mirror of our inner thoughts and beliefs. Our body is always talking to us. We just need to take the time to listen. 
Every cell within our body responds to every single thought we think and every word we speak. Continuous modes of thinking and speaking produce body behaviors and postures and quote-unquote eases or diseases, disease. Now, I want to encourage you to take this with a grain of salt. Do your research, consult your doctors, form your own opinion. Don't ever believe things just because your favorite person said them. And that includes me. Like, you got to do your own due diligence, boo. That being said, I do think there is a huge mind-body-soul connection that can't be ignored, especially when you're thinking about strengthening your inner guidance. Now, according to an article on Oprah.com, research shows that our instincts often hit us first on a visceral level, telling us what we need to know well before our consciousness catches up. So for example, you may feel a knot in your stomach or your heart begins to race or your palms get sweaty, your knees feel weak, or you feel like you got the wind knocked out of you. That's your inner guidance using your physical body to get your attention, using your physical body to speak to you. Now, as you practice honoring and listening to your inner guidance, start tuning into what your body is saying. Believe me, your body is always speaking. You know, if it's Friday at 3 p.m. and your boss comes in, drops a project on your desk, and you immediately feel a sinking feeling in your belly, don't dismiss that. That's your inner guidance saying, honey bunny, you got to set some boundaries. Or... If you feel a heaviness in your chest every time you talk to your boyfriend about the future and possibly getting married, that's your inner guidance saying, Yoo-hoo, honey bunny, over here, I got to tell you something and you should really pay attention. You know, your body is wise, not just on a physical level, but a mental level, a soul level, and it definitely speaks. You know, sometimes it's subtle and then sometimes not so subtle. You know, if you're constantly working 80-hour weeks and in a constant state of stress, your body's going to speak up and it's going to try to get your attention. And if you refuse to listen, it may go to drastic measures to give you a much-needed wake-up call. Now, here's the thing. If you're disconnected from your body or you don't know how to interpret what it's saying, Well, you got to get moving and watch what happens. So whether it's yoga, tai chi, belly dancing, Zumba, jogging, whatever it may be, get in the habit of moving your body so that you can start to study your body and so that you can learn its language. So your new best practice from now on is to pay attention to what's going on in your physical body, especially as you interact with other people, your surroundings, life itself. If you haven't used your inner guidance in a long time or ever, your body can really be helpful in establishing the connection to your internal GPS system. So again, your body knows before you do. Number three, put some distance in your decision. Put some distance in your decision. Let me tell you, it's so much easier to tell other people what to do than to take a good, lar- good hard look at yourself. 
I can't tell you how many people have given me unsolicited advice about everything under the sun. You know, my business, my daughter, my body, you name it. I've gotten unsolicited advice on it. And I know that for the most part, they're really trying to be helpful. But usually my first thought is, I wonder what their lives would be like if they focused all that beautiful energy on themselves instead of on giving me advice. Now, real talk, I'm guilty of it too. I'm a solution seeker by nature, so if one of my loved ones is going through it, my first inclination is to start researching, advising, praying, contacting people, doing what I can to help out. And while it can be helpful, I do have to remind myself that every person on this earth has their own journey and I can't rob them of their experience. And it's been a really hard lesson for me to learn. You know, sometimes the best course of action is letting people live their lives, letting them learn from their choices and, you know, how to get back up when they fall down. Um, And it's hard and and I'm human and it's something that I still struggle with. Um, But I think that part of the reason why we humans have this tendency to look at the speck in other people's eyes whilst, tremendo tangent, I had to look up how to pronounce the word whilst. And you know what? I think it's my accent because I'm saying it correctly, whilst, but it don't don't sound the way that I heard it. Anywho, I love that word. I want to use it whenever I can. So... I think part, let me rewind. I think part of the reason why we humans have this tendency to look at the speck in other people's eyes whilst uh, ignoring the plank in our own is because sometimes things just feel too close for comfort. In other words, it friggin' hurts. When you're thinking about a decision that you need to make, an action that you need to take, a conversation that you need to have, it brings up some serious stuff, you know, like fear, worry, doubt, guilt, shame, the bad boys of feelings, so to speak. And it's really hard to act from a place of empowerment when all you fear is fear, when all you feel is fear. You know, like I said in the the last episode, Oftentimes, fear will make you do things that are not in your best interest. You're not going to be able to make a strong connection to your inner guidance with all the bad boys swirling around. And something that has been really helpful to me is to put distance in the situation, the decision or the action. So I ask myself, what would I advise a client of mine? You know, what would I tell my best friend? What would I want my daughter to remember in moments like these? How would I comfort my mom in a time like this? And whatever the answer is to those questions, that's what I apply to myself. So if my best friend is in a relationship with a bum and I'm telling her, hey, get your finances in order, put together a budget, start researching your options, work with a therapist to help you process your feelings, guess who's going to have to start taking that advice? Yours truly, you know? Another thing that you can do uh, to put distance in your decision is to write about it in the third person. So give your protagonist a name, Lucinda. Lucinda's currently trying to decide if she should find another job. Here are the facts. Her boss is a micromanager. She's constantly stressed. 
She's researched salaries for her particular function, industry, and city, and she found that she's grossly underpaid and there's no room for promotion in the future. And the only reason why she stuck around for for so long is that she absolutely adores working with her list of clientele. I find by doing that, it becomes easier to weigh the options without taking on the first person bad boy feelings. Now here's the deal, honey bunny. Your life is your masterpiece. You get to choose what you paint, the colors you wanna use, the technique you wanna apply, And I know it's overwhelming. There are literally an an infinite amount of possibilities. And you want to do a good job with the canvas that you've been given. And I want you to know that there is a powerhouse of wisdom inside of you that is begging for you to start paying attention to it, honoring it, honing it, consulting it, and following what it has to say. Yes, do your due diligence, read the articles, ask your friends, take the courses, consult the experts, but don't ever forget that you too are an expert, the expert of you. Yes, you will mess up, but I promise that within each so-called mistake, there is a gift being given to you. Now, Thomas Edison, who's been described as America's greatest inventor said, I have not failed. I've just found 10,000 ways that won't work. We could literally be sitting in the dark right now had he given up after the third way didn't work. The time has come to get back in the gym of life with a different approach. Give yourself permission to let your inner guidance make small decisions and then start ramping up to big decisions. Start using your imagination to envision that which doesn't exist but totally could. Start learning the language of your body so that you can understand it when it speaks to you. Put some distance in your decision so that you can think about all the possibilities without the bad boy feelings of looking at it in the first person. Trust that you know. You know. And if you don't know, You are smart enough to learn. Like Marie Forleo always says, everything is figureoutable. Everything. You are intelligent and capable of reading the literature, analyzing the deals, and making the decisions. God has gifted you with your own internal GPS system, and it's time to start following its directions. And I want to remind you, as I do in pretty much every single episode, you are a child of God and God has not abandoned you. You don't ever have to go at life alone. You literally have the creator of the universe on speed dial and you are so loved. Every chance you get, remind yourself, his eye is on the sparrow and I know he watches me. Everything is working out in your favor. Trust and believe, honey bunny, because it's absolutely true. Now it's your turn. Leave a comment on the blogcast page for today's episode and let me know how this episode has been helpful to you. It really means a lot to me when y'all take the time to leave comments or send me emails. 
um, makes me feel like I'm not just sitting here in front of a mic in an empty room, <laughs> um, but that you're really out there, and, and I do appreciate it. So holla at your girl. I'm cheering for you like you're walking in the sky from the front row, Letitia. From the bottom of my heart, I thank you for rocking with me today. Make sure and subscribe so that you don't miss out on all this goodness. If you love this episode, leave a glowing review on iTunes and share with a friend. Don't forget, the show don't stop here, honey bunny. Join me over at LetitiaCotto.com or find me on Instagram and Pinterest at I am Letitia Cotto. You'll find uplifting quotes, life-changing tips and tricks, and a whole lot of inspiration. It's an honor to support you from the front row.